like many people, perhaps even yourselves, I love getting new stuff. I love new stuff. I, I love new electronics, opening that up and, and playing with it. I love new toys and new movies to watch, new clothes to wear. I also love new challenges and opportunities, and occasionally, though not as often, I like to try new things. I love encountering the newness of something and feeling the joy that comes from it. But then so often, like a child with their new toy, that joy begins to fade, and that newness wears off. I want to welcome each and every one of you to online worship and say it is a pleasure to be serving you in this way. My name is Brett Reith, and I serve as the pastor of the Mount Olivet, Durham, and LaGrange United Methodist Churches located in Northeast Missouri. And whether you're a part of our family of three churches or a guest joining us for our online worship time, I want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. It's so good to be gathered with you as we're continuing to explore a letter that was written by an apostle by the name of Paul to the church of Philippi, and we find this letter in the New Testament in the book of Philippians. And from this letter, we're discovering different ways that we might encounter contagious joy. Contagious joy. Over the past couple of weeks, from Paul's letter, we've discovered that our circumstances are not the driving force behind our level of joy. Yet so often, friends, we allow the circumstances of life to impact that joy. Similarly, we too often allow the things we do or don't possess, uh, the achievements that we, we do or don't attain, and even the rituals or traditions in our lives to impact our joy. Yet the ongoing theme of what it takes to really experience contagious joy, at least according to Paul, well, it's none of these worldly standards. No amount of money, possessions, greatness, power, knowledge, or status in life not even a religious activity or, or no amount of tradition will result in you feeling contagious joy. So where do we find it? Where do we find this kind of joy? So far, we've discovered that there is joy to be found in doing life with other believers. And there is power in connection. We also learned that there is joy when serving other people the way that Jesus himself served. These ideas that we are better together and saved people serve people, well, they're practical ways that, that we can live a life full of joy. Today, however, we turn to another way that we might experience joy that is much more mystical. It's more spiritual, but it's even more important than the first two. And so I would invite you now to follow along in our scripture reading for today. 
If you have your Bible uh, nearby or if you're able to pull up a Bible app from your smartphone without interrupting this video to follow along in our scripture reading, go ahead and grab those. We're going to continue reading Paul's letter in Philippians, the third chapter, Philippians 3, verses 1 through 14. And I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. It should be close to what you have to be able to follow along. Before we dive into this, though, it's helpful to recall that under Old Testament Jewish law, there was an expectation established all the way back in the book of Genesis with Abraham, between Abraham and God, that any newborn male baby was to be circumcised on the eighth day following their birth. And in that circumcision, it was a sign of a covenant made between that individual, the people of God, and with their Jehovah God. This law of circumcision, it was a religious ritual for the Jewish people, and, and it was upheld for centuries, and it was thought to be a visible sign that that individual was entirely Jewish and that they were a part of the covenant faith. Circumcision was one of many religious activities that were to be practiced and, and that were believed to be a way of achieving righteousness in God. And some of the most committed people to following these laws to a T, well, they were known as the Pharisees. And let's be honest, the Pharisees, they often get a bad rap because of what they did to Jesus, but we have to acknowledge that the Pharisees, they were really good and they were really committed, deeply devoted to upholding the law of righteousness that they knew of. Where it got complicated, though, for the Pharisees and for many in the Jewish faith, was when a man named Jesus showed up, and he established a new covenant. Paul, the writer of this letter that we're exploring, he was a lifelong Hebrew. He had been circumcised as he was supposed to be, being a Jewish newborn baby. And he even followed Jewish law to a T, to the point, really, that the Pharisees followed it. And he even admits in our passage today to persecuting the church early on. Paul's history with faith, it offers him a unique vantage point to speak about what it means to follow Jesus, the new covenant, and reveals the most important way that we can discover contagious joy. We read it in Philippians 3, beginning with verse 1. Paul says this, so then, my brothers and sisters, be glad, there's that word again, be joyful in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to repeat the same things to you because they will help keep you on track. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for people who do evil things. Watch out for those who insist on circumcision, which is really mutilation. We are, you and I, are the circumcision. We are the ones who serve by God's Spirit and who boast in Christ Jesus. We don't put our confidence in rituals performed on the body, though I have good reason to have this kind of confidence. 
If anyone else has reason to put their confidence in physical advantages, I have even more, Paul says. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. With respect to observing the law, I am a Pharisee. With respect to devotion to the faith, I have harassed the church. With respect to righteousness under the law, I am blameless. These things, Paul says, they were my assets, but I wrote them off as a loss for the sake of Christ. But even beyond that, I consider everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have lost everything for him. But what I lost, I think of now as sewer trash, so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ, I have a righteousness that is not my own and that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that I have, Paul says, it comes from knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the participation in his sufferings. It includes being conformed to his death so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. It's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it, say, pursue it. Paul says, I pursue the goal so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Sisters and brothers, I myself do not think that I have reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me, and I reach out for the things that are ahead of me. The goal that I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. At the root of discovering contagious joy, is finding the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Suppose that we were to strip everything away in our lives and in the church. All the things that we possess, all the things that we accomplish, all the traditions we share in the religious facade. Strip all of that back, all those things that we've gotten all too comfortable with, and the only thing that matters, and the only thing that you need to receive salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. Is faith in Jesus Christ. That's all you need now. That's all you need tomorrow. And friends, that is all you will ever need in your life. Faith in Jesus. Paul says in this text to stop uh, trying to receive joy in keeping your religious rules and your ordinances. 
Quit trying to put your confidence in works of the flesh and in worldly things. And instead, Paul says, rejoice in the finished work of Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for you and being raised from the dead three days later. Rejoice in that, Paul says. The Old Covenant, it stressed the importance of performance. Do this, and then you will receive the kingdom of God. The New Covenant, it says, leave all of that behind. Have nothing but faith in Jesus Christ, Follow him wholeheartedly, and then you will inherit the kingdom of God. Friends, I wonder, I wonder if the church today has become no better than the Pharisees. Have we gotten so comfortable and so reliant upon following patterns, rituals, and traditions, doing the same thing over and over again, and those things that we're comfortable with, that we're missing out on the only thing that matters? Are we banking on getting into heaven by following the law or following Jesus? Paul says it better be the latter. And that physical circumcision is no longer your ticket to righteousness. Instead, circumcision of the heart is the path to righteousness and everlasting joy. When you really find and really experience Jesus, and you allow Jesus to penetrate your heart. You gain righteousness through faith, and you develop a deep desire to know the Savior, to really know the Savior. Not know of him, but to know the Savior. Paul knew Jesus. But he was not content on relying only on past experiences with him. Instead, Paul wanted to gain new and deeper insights, and he wanted to have a greater participation with his Lord's mind and with his purpose. Even after Christ was resurrected and ascended back into heaven, Paul wanted to be radically transformed by knowing intimately Jesus, thinking like him, speaking like him, living like him, and dying to himself so that he might be raised into the newness of life through Christ. This was his desire. It was his desire so that he might reach the goal of being resurrected on the day of his death and going on to everlasting life. I wonder, I wonder how many of us in the church, those of us who say that we follow Jesus, I wonder how many of us have gotten so comfortable in our spiritual journeys, in our religious activity, that we've become 
complacent? Have you become complacent? My guess is someone watching this or listening has. When was the last time that you honestly felt in your heart that you wanted to be radically transformed by the Savior? Or, or are you afraid of being led into the unknown? Are you afraid of being led into places that are uncomfortable? Are you willing to give up what you want because Jesus wants something entirely different for your life? He has a different plan for you. How often do you wake, uh, wake up and say, God, how can I become more like your son today? Holy Spirit, mold and make me new again. Lead me, lead me to paths of righteousness in Christ. Think about the day. I want you to pause and think about the day that you really came to know or that you came to realize for yourself that Jesus Christ was real and that Christ died on a cross for you. Think about that day. How did it feel at that moment? Was it overwhelming? What were the kinds of emotions that you were experiencing? It was indescribable for me. And it felt so right. Did you have a feeling that you wanted to experience that over and over again, that you wanted to know more about this Jesus and feel the goodness that came from the decision you made in that moment? That's the kind of longing we should have every single day that we live here on this earth. Our spiritual journey of following Jesus, it does not end, friends, nor is it fully complete when we're baptized or profess faith in Christ. That's only the beginning. And as Paul says in verse 12, until the day that you die, the goal has not yet been achieved and you have not been fully perfected in Christ's love. Paul says, all the days of your life, pursue Jesus, grab hold of Jesus, look upward to Jesus, and be transformed by the power of Jesus. Pursue your Savior. Are you seizing every moment of joy in your life that, comings, or that comes from pursuing and following Jesus? Are you becoming a renewed child of the kingdom over and over again? Friends, our joy, it comes from knowing Christ and receiving righteousness in faith, faith that is found by the blood of Christ that was shed for our sake. Our joy comes from working out our salvation, seeking and becoming more like the Savior and pursuing holiness. There is joy in living a life of obedience and holiness. Not because we think it'll earn us a ticket to heaven. That's what the Pharisees thought. 
but because we encounter joy from being obedient to the one who had the final say and victory over death. Having faith in Jesus is where righteousness is found. Doing something with that faith, pursuing Jesus, leads to contagious joy. Friends, it's time to wake up. We've been asleep for too long. It's time to wake up. Every day is an opportunity to find newness in Christ, to learn more about the Savior, and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, our heart, and our inner soul. By the power of the Holy Spirit, might we all be made new yet again so that we can experience salvation more fully in life and that we can experience contagious joy. And might we do that until the day we achieve the goal of being resurrected with the Savior. It's time to wake up, church. Sleeper, wake up. It's time to stop being complacent. Jesus pursued, and he grabbed hold of you, friends. Christ died on a cross so that you might have new life. And as he died, that agonizing and painful death on the cross, he looked upward and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Are you looking upward? Are you pursuing Jesus? Will you grab hold of him, follow him closely, and receive the prize from following his lead. Think about that for a moment, and then we'll pray. Almighty God, God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that all we need to achieve righteousness is having faith in your Son, who is our Savior and our friend. God, I declare right here and right now that we are waking up, God. Forgive us for being asleep and complacent for too long. God, we commit today to pursue your son, Jesus. And God, as we pursue your son, would you transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit? Lead us. To passive righteousness. And God, as we pursue Christ in our lives, would we experience 
contagious joy. God, perfect us. Make us new this day and every day. Until that final day when we rejoice in heaven with you. And we ask this in the name, the beautiful and wonderful name of Jesus who we pursue. Amen. Thank you.